and we were talking about using the word boo do uh, mentally boo on the in breath and do on the out breath and we can use those words uh, knowing that they're quite small or are jam-packed into just basically two uh, two um, uh, syllables uh, and in that regard also just wholesome in their own nature especially the fact that this is the word Buddha or Buddha so you could say Buddha but we're in Thai and so they say Buddha okay saying is and so in that regard we can say um, we could go Buddha on the in breath and Dhamma on the out breath. Okay. Or we could even stretch it so far, though this is getting a bit of a stretch, is Dukkha on the in breath and Dukkha Naroda or satisfaction or Sukha on the out breath. Because in fact the in breath is work. But the outbreath is really a let go. So you can actually see that relationship between Buddha and or, uh, Dukkha and Sukha right there in the breath. Uh, but there's really not a whole lot of options. How you breathe is the only kind of options, whether you do it or not. <laughs> and so um, understanding then that we have this kind of duality between what is wholesome and what is unwholesome. Mm-hmm. And, it, and that is very, very valuable then for us to be able to control the mind in those states while we're sitting in meditation or just throughout the day to come back to that. But throughout the day, we still have thoughts that are not Buddha or Buddha. Mm-hmm. Are they Buddha Dhamma? They are ordinary life's kind of thoughts. Now the question is, how much of those thoughts are junk thoughts? How many of them are wholesome? And how many of them are downright dangerous? Mm-hmm. And so this also is, and so you can answer that, well, whenever Buddha comes to mind, I know precisely that this is a wholesome thought. Especially if it, it, you allow it to be in that pro, a wholesome framework of duh. <laughs> like duh. <laughs> Buddha is the way. And so that's very relaxing, easy, uh, delightful, joyful. Uh, and that we can begin to become enthusiastic about it. Okay. Keep mind more and more focused on the on the Buddha or on the Dhamma, and that we do it not in a critical way, but in a wholesome or uh, let us call it nurturing. Because uh, there is always a stage that students pass through, where they become dedicated to the Dhamma and they want to do it all the time. They're Mm -hmm. dedicated or devoted or they have determination. 
But that determination often has a critical or a sharp side to it in the sense of, dang, I should be practicing. Yeah. In fact, you were doing that, all right? Yeah. You've been doing that. And so you become critical of, of yourself. Yes. That you're saying this is unwholesome and therefore you're bad. Yeah. Even if therefore you're, you're bad is not vocalized, the sting of it is still there. Yeah, I noticed that when I heard a talk of you where you were talking about bringing, bringing Sati into daily life with your hands and with not touching your face. Mm -hmm. And I can either do it like with real dedication, but with this criticizing mind and this like real effort, then I can do it like for an hour, but then really like real effort and like, okay, I'm not allowed and to touch you, it now. And then, and then we get really tense about it. Yes, yes. Okay. So let's, let's take the tension and all of the dukkha out of the practice now. Time to make a new change. Time to go whole hog into the wholesome. Okay. Okay. And the way that we can talk about that is also by using the, the word nurturing rather than being critical of ourselves. For instance, if we are, um, let us say, engaged in mindfulness of not touching the face, And then we go ahead and touch it anyway. Why? Because this is a play. We're playing with this. This is a playful activity. There's no yeses and nos and rights and wrongs and whatever. This is wake-up call. It's wakey-wakey. This is what it's all about. Can you wake up to see what we're doing with our hands? <laughs> so rather than uh, saying, don't touch your face, because that's critical. Mm -hmm. Say, Let's be mindful of what the hands are doing. Let's be mindful of keeping the hands away from the face, but let's do it as a game or in a playful way. There's no derogatory outcome. Let's go always for the wholesome, rather than saying, oh, I screwed up because I scratched. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're, the, the screwing up is the habit of saying that we're screwing up when, in fact, we're not. We're just being playful. We're living our lives, and we're trying to find out how to enjoy doing that. <laughs> and here we are being critical of the very things that we're using as tools to help us wake up. Mm -hmm. And so not being critical, that's the whole show. Let's not be critical. Let's be joyful. Let's be uh, nurturing to ourselves. Now, That's then the question, can you apply that kind of mentality, because we've already got it enough with boo, boy, there's the dough. <laughs> <laughs> See how easy it is? It's really, really easy to get into the habit of feeling really good, really joyful. Mm. <laughs> But then the old habits will start back up again, going back into the hindrances, and we need to wake up to say, hey, wait a minute, even when I'm mindful of the hindrances, if I'm critical of myself for doing that, then I'm still not being particularly mindful. Okay. So the mindfulness and the uh, investigation is to investigate that too. Can we, in fact, 
stop being critical of ourselves and start enjoying your Dharma practice. Yeah, this, this critical thinking comes back all the time, like especially the <laughs> the doubt about the about the practice. Like for example, right now I'm only practicing like 15 minutes each day, and oh, uh, that's terrible. Ah, yeah, that's, <laughs> and exactly. That's your problem. You need to practice more and more. <laughs> yeah, and then when when Sati comes in during the day. Exactly this mentality comes like, okay, no, you, it, you're not fine. You're not allowed to, to, to feel happy now. You haven't practiced in the morning. You haven't so. practiced in the morning. You can't feel happy now. <laughs> it's, it's so dumb and, and still it's like the habit comes up all the time. It's... It is actually German. It is so deep into the German um, culture, and not just German, but the whole area around Germany. <laughs> Northern, Northern Middle Europe all have that strive, work hard, uh, progress. You can find a lot of pockets of it in the United States also, but Germany's, they've got it. <laughs> And so all you're doing is throwing off just cultural stuff. You didn't even know that that was taught to you as part of the German culture you were raised in. Just like a fish doesn't know it's in water. Yeah, just know the jokes about it. <laughs> <laughs> they just know the jokes about it, right? <laughs> about strict, strict Germans and efficiency. <laughs> oh, you're talking about Germans. I was thinking about the fish having jokes about what uh. it's like to be out of water. Cause <laughs> Yeah, there I was. I found this nice nibble, and the next thing I know, I was flopping around on the deck of this boat, you see. <laughs> and then I figured out that, wait a minute, this is not what I'm used to. What do you call it? Water. All right. Let me have some water. <laughs> so that's that's what we uh, we begin to understand. And wait a minute, we can only see the nature of the culture we're in by being able to get out of it. But that's why I have a pretty good idea about Western culture is because I've been out of it all of these years and I keep looking at it. But when I look at it, I look at it like a, a an ugly old movie that I remember, <laughs> except, except that they keep uh, having one new series after another, after another. <laughs> the latest edition is Trump. <laughs> yeah. And yet the, the culture is there and we can and by living in another culture, we can see it. So part of my job is to describe to you the culture that you live in and how it so affects the mind in an unwholesome way. It's very much like trying to tell a fish that he's in water without actually putting him in the boat. Yeah, what I noticed since we're talking is like this mentality of, okay, I have to do my master's because then I'm worth something and I have to learn like Chinese and the third and fourth language to, I don't know, to have some value at my job. Like mm -hmm. a lot of this dropped because. Instead of, hey, Chinese, that's really interesting. Yeah. <laughs> I've really often thought about that and, and I know a few of the, uh, of the, the, the characters and whatnot and it's very curious. I'm also very curious about Thai. But when I had to go to school in Thai, then it was work. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> now I've settled into a language they call Tylish. Tylish, I English and Thai, just yeah, <laughs> just communicating. Right. There's... <laughs> Which often means that we've got to go to Google to get a translation done, but <laughs> if it works, it works, right? I, I I've been telling my daughter and my wife since she was born that yeah, I do understand Thailand, and so I only want one thing from my future son-in-law: a helicopter. I don't get it. A real one, a helicopter. Oh, okay. That's the price of my daughter. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Guess what? We had to go to Google, and when I showed them, they say, "Oh, now we know what you want. You want a helicopter?" Because <laughs> doing this with my hands doesn't work, and <laughs> all of that kind of stuff. No, you got to sometimes got to show them a picture. <laughs> It's just a joke. Yeah, <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> and boy, some young man's going to get real surprised when he hears this joke. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, I won't go through with it too much other than there is actually a flying ban for non-commercial or military aircraft in Thailand. So somebody's going to have to jump through a whole lot of hoops, which means he's got to be the, the uh, a general's son uh, okay. in order to pull that off. <laughs> so it's a whole <laughs> lot more than just a million or two million dollars for a helicopter. Oh, no, you've got to be somebody in Thailand to do that one. <laughs> yeah. One needs high standards. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> got high standards here. <laughs> So anyway, that's the way to do it, is to have very, very high standard thoughts. Mm -hmm. That we're not going to just piddle around with ordinary thoughts, unless there's ordinary business to do. Sometimes there's a bit of banking. I don't do much banking. Don't have much reason to do much banking, but occasionally there's banking to do, and so we do that. But the rest of the time, I don't have to think about the bank at all. Out of sight, out of mind, completely. Don't have to think about banks or business or anything. And so anytime that there are any thoughts of banks, businesses, or helicopters, out they go. Because they're just junk thoughts. And when but, we get into yeah. thinking about going to the bank, that's not a very enjoyable experience. Yeah. It isn't. No, so why think about it? Uh, not a particular enjoyable experience when you can think instead about uh, swinging off a rope into a, into a pool of cooled water, letting go of that rope, and splash. <laughs> now, that's something to think about. That's enjoyable. I like that. Mm. Let me go take a minute. I'm going to go take a shower. <laughs> <laughs> Shower is very enjoyable. No, no uh, pool and no rope to swing from. But the thought is enjoyable. 
allow yourself to have nourishment, enjoyable thoughts. When we were kids, we had, that's all we would think about. I can't remember, but yeah. Of having fun. Oh, let's go to Disneyland. Uh, yeah. With me. You know? <laughs> all right. Well, where's your Disneyland now? <laughs> oh, they're buried mm. under all of those unwholesome day-to-day yeah. thoughts that we have. Right. Yeah, exactly. And so this is why they are referred to as junk thoughts. And you can also see that they're just random thoughts. And that they're random in the sense that once the monkey lands on this branch, who knows where he's going to land next. He may land on a nearby branch or he may take a flying leap and land in the next tree. And so the mind is like that. Freud knew it. He called it free association. That once we have this thought, the association that we make may be quite distant, and we can freely jump to it. Ah, it's this game, right? Where one says a word and the other just says whatever comes to mind and ah, you just drive off to. There is actually a game that they call telephone where you get 10 or 15 kids in a circle and, and uh, the, the one starts off by telling a little story and then he turns and tells that little story to his friend and then he turns and tells that story to his friend and by the time he gets to back to the end, now this kid says, says out loud what he heard and it's all we got nothing to do yeah. with the original story. One after another after another, okay? The reason for that is because each mind keeps jumping around and so it jumps and adds something. And then the next kid, he hears what he heard plus an additional thing minus some of the real stuff And now he's going to jump around with it in his mind so that when he repeats it, it's not going to be exactly what he heard. Very rarely will someone be able to actually say just what they heard. Most of us make a mess of it. Yeah. We forget a little bit here and we add a little bit there to make up for it, right? Sure. And it winds up being a mess, a junk thought. And so catching ourselves with all of these junk thoughts and being happy that we can say, yeah, like, why do I think about that stuff? That's ridiculous. <laughs> is it in that regard then good? good to, is it in that regard then good to intellectualize when the stuff is about Dhamma and all this? Like, for example, you... One that you talked a little bit of about Paticha Samupada, about this, I like it, I want it. And I like this point of contact, I like it, I want it, therefore I need it, and it's good. Mm -hmm. um, and I sometimes see that, like when I'm meditating. Like, the best example is when I get into this goosebumpy state. The first thought comes, that comes is, oh, yeah, fuck, here it goes. It's so good. Yeah, this is the time you get enlightened. Everything will be fine. And then I catch myself. Yeah, but that's exactly what is keeping me out of it. Go away. <laughs> 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 and then I'm kind of really intellectualizing it to talk myself out of this this crap. Like, <laughs> um, and in, in other regards as well, like in right. okay. looking at the negative things. So when I go through the street and I have a point of contact where I know exactly, okay, this is 
like exactly i don't like it i don't want it i feel bad right now and then i can trace it back and intellectualize a bit um is it good some, or is it more like some intellectualizing is good that in fact as part of the investigation of being able to put things together in kind of a story form there's nothing wrong with that okay until that's all you're doing mm-hmm. okay but if you keep coming back to the here now, that's what the Budo is good for in the sense that allow this intellectual dialogue or monologue that's going on to only last to the end of the breath. Okay. And then you can shove that out and come back to the breath. Shove that junk thought out and take a happy breath. Maybe the thought that, that you start off with is, I don't need that or out of here, or, wow, I don't want that, or, you know, just one little statement in that regard. Not a whole lot of, uh, but it's an expression of a well-done investigation. Mm-hmm. Being able to, to, uh, to look at what the mind is actually thinking and recognize it's not particularly wholesome. And if it's not particularly wholesome, then it runs under that gray area of not particularly wholesome. It's unwholesome. <laughs> And we can then deal with, let's deal with wholesome. And Uh, be delighted with the wholesome and being enthusiastic for the wholesome and being dedicated to the wholesome. And also being happily willing to recognize when we screwed up and we're not wholesome. Yeah, I see that too. Okay, never mind. Start again. And can I use this boo dough like in daily life? And like, for example, when Absolutely. something comes. The more, the more boo dough you do all day long, the less junk thoughts you're going to have. Okay. So long as you enjoy it, that's the important thing. Allow this to be pleasurable. Duh. You have spent all of these years making yourself dissatisfied. Now is the time to have wholesome thoughts, to allow yourself or to make yourself or to nurture yourself into being satisfied. And do you honestly believe that this is possible in a setting like this? Or because people are talking about retreats and then 10 days there and seclusion there and here and all this and going to a vault and doing this and sometimes, yeah, yeah, it's a doubt again that comes in. Yeah, okay. Is it enough? Does it make sense? Blah, blah, blah. There are many, many things to be said about that. But the important point right now is, is that in the life that you are in now, which is better to just go like you had been going and not think or care about this at all or to actually start to enjoy your practice in the lifestyle that you've gained right now which is better to revert back to the ordinary regular <laughs> or to really enjoy your practice right now yeah which is better. O- obviously the second one <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, yeah, more than obvious. We're just checking you out. <laughs> Clearly, practicing Dhamma is better. Now, let's go for the quality of what you would mean by full immersion, and we can use um, Dhamma as kind of like a foreign language. That you had mentioned Chinese and have been peddling and playing with Chinese. Yes, if actually, there's this uh, Matt versus Japan guy. He has like f full immersion content, and exactly that's the same thing. I have this 100% mentality. Like with Chinese, I did like six months, like eight hours, just Chinese in my head, in my head, my head. And I want to do this med with meditation, but I don't get to do it because, to be honest, I don't enjoy it. Th then, if I go that deep, that hard that I well, don't know only what. go into it with each step as long as you enjoy it let's think about going swimming and we can use the ocean that you can take and put your feet in wet sand and enjoy that and then you say oh well wait a minute let me step into the surf and now I'm up to my ankles with it and then I mm. can say oh I can go a little further with this And then the first time I get washed over with one of those waves, I want to crawl back out and say, I'm not ready for that. <laughs> But eventually, you'll go even beyond that wave, and you'll get out into it. This is how it goes, everything step by step. So, yes. But back to the point about full immersion, you're not really going to learn how to really swim in the ocean when you're just in water up to your ankles or up to your waist. Mm -hmm. All right. You got to get in it. Same thing is true then of Chinese. If you really want to learn Chinese, you have to go to China. Yeah, full, fully immerse oneself, yeah. Right. That if I'm going to uh, uh, ever have a chance of speaking Thai, I've got to either live in Thailand or in a Taiwan in the U.S. <laughs> <laughs> Where people are speaking Thai. So that's the whole point of... Why would someone go live in a what? The answer to that is around the idea of, well, why don't you go to the bar and live in the bar with all the barflies and the drunks? The answer to that is, if you go to the bar and live in the bar with the barflies and the drunks, you're going to wind up being either a barfly or a drunk. Yeah. Or both, because they're actually the same thing. <laughs> But if you go to the Watt and hang out at the Watt and you stand uh, and you spend your time around nobles, many of them are either speaking noble Dhamma or in noble silence. And that too, nobility will rub off on you. Mm. And the reason for that is because it's back to our instincts. We instinctually socialize, we instinctually uh, become like that which we are around. Just like a chameleon. A chameleon does not give thought about what color it's going to be at this pigment or that pigment or anything about it. All he does is he just kind of fits in. Mm-hmm. Okay? That's all the chameleon is doing. He sees his surroundings and he says, well, may, may I be in these surroundings? And his skin color changes. The same thing will happen with the human When they're around the noble people, they begin to act noble, to feel noble. It's amazing. 
I would go so far as to say it's possible for a monk to not to, to become a monk and to never care about the Dhamma, but he cared about the monk. He became a monk possibly because of family pressure. And then he got into the kind of the politics and he found out that it would be a good idea for him to stay a monk. And for five, 10, 15 years, <coughs> he's just an asshole in robes. But by 20 years, maybe 25 years, and finally it soaked in. And okay. now he's just as, as noble as any 20-year monk practicing the Dhamma. Why that happens, I don't know. But I've seen it enough to know that that does happen. <laughs> and I can see the roots of it, too, in the sense of when you get married, you stop uh, having friends, your bachelors. Your bachelor friends tend to dwindle away, and the newly married man tends to mix in married company. It's so natural. It's part of our instinctual behavior, and we do that, and we don't even know we're doing it. Just like the comedian has no clue about the fact that his skin color is changing. Mm -hmm. Isn't that amazing? So that's one of the real reasons for going and spending time in in the uh, vicinity of nobles. Become uh, staying around those who are really dedicated to the path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As opposed to being around those who are dedicated to making money, which is yeah. the group that you're in. Yeah, sure. So naturally, you're going to have that pull. Yeah. Congratulations. You see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I see you're beginning to see that culture does have that uh, negative effect upon us. Mm -hmm. And you were raised in it. You were raised in that culture. And look how much crap you bought from that. That stuff just soaking in. Mm -hmm. And now here we're trying to, to find a new way of letting joy soak in. Uh, to be honest, that still doesn't, 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 doesn't kill my, my doubt about, yeah, like rational, yeah, it makes sense to, to have happy thoughts in the situation I'm in right now, but still this 100% mentality then talks against us and says, yeah, so why don't you just go 100% into it? All right. You asked the wrong guy that question. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> the answer is, why not? Good question. Mm. Yeah. That's a good question to investigate. All right. If you get to the point of investigating it in this realm, the way that you can begin to investigate it is, is that, all right, what, what things need to be done? Is there an easy way to finish off this old life mm. before I take on a new one? That there are certain things that, and uh, an example of that would be saying, okay, for the next year, I'm going to pack in money 
and save as much money as I can because of probably a year from now, Thailand will be open, coronavirus will be finished now, and I'll have all of everything under control so that I can buy that ticket and go have an adventure. Yeah. And one thing, yeah, for example, my bachelor thesis, um, like I don't want it to be like fleeing from something, like, you know, like going someplace and then being pulled all the time because I haven't finished stuff here. So there's right. some stuff that mm -hmm. right. needs to be done. Find, find a good place to to uh, to cut that bread. <laughs> <laughs> cut it off. Right. Okay. Yeah. But still then, it's still better to think episodes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And while you're figuring out where you're going to slice that bread, you can have a, um, a happy tune. Rather than worrying about, oh, where am I going to cut that bread? Oh, I'm not sure how long it's going to take to finish this stuff off. And I don't really know where I'm going to go in Thailand anyway. What a quandary I'm in now. Mm -hmm. No, that's what you've been doing your whole life. Now is, wow, this is, this is an adventure to go on. Yeah. To take delight in, in, uh, in what you're doing. Recognize that uh, your propensity from the culture that you're in is to make everything a downer. Everything's a downer. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, That's the and attitude. So got, right. So we got to find a few ad, a few, uh, um, a few new ways of looking at things and whatnot. An example of that is just yesterday we were talking, I was talking to Canon, uh, um, Connor. And I said, well, you know, it doesn't really matter if Trump wins or not. Doesn't matter. Is mm that -hmm. in fact, if he uh, if he loses and Biden wins, then what is media going to do that they'll have nothing to do? They'll probably blow away and dry up and, you know, nobody's watching the news anymore. Nobody cares if Biden's winning. No, if the, if Trump wins, then we can keep the thing going. More and more Duca, more and more uh, uh, Corona-19, more and more global warming, more and more droughts. And finally, the, the people will eventually wake up to the Duca. Because it takes a threshold. They can, it's almost like that, uh, in fact, a good working definition of the word stupidity is they know what the right thing to do is, and they do something else anyway. They do the old way. Mm -hmm. yeah. And everybody does that. That's what the meditator is all about. You already know intellectually having happy thoughts is easier and better than the having unhappy thoughts, but <laughs> you haven't put it into practice yet. Yeah. So you can see that in politics, too that we can see danger or we can see the dukkha in things, but there's not enough <gasps> to that dukkha for people to do anything about it. And people know what a fraud, what a liar, what a criminal, what a crook Donald Trump is, and they vote for him anyway. There's no convincing him one way or the other. They don't care. They've already mm. made that compromise. Okay. Well, guess what? The reason they're willing to do that with Trump is because they're willing to do it in their own mind for themselves. It's okay that I'm a crook and I'm a liar and I'm a, uh, a criminal. 
so okay. long as I don't get caught. Yeah. <laughs> so long as I don't get caught, which means the retribution. But uh, they so in that regard, they know it's long, wrong. They know it because they're using words like criminal and liar and, and, and whatnot. And so they know that they're wrong, but they haven't really seen the dukkha in it. They haven't really seen the danger of how bad they do feel when they lie. Mm-hmm. Of how uh, uh, afraid they are of getting caught when they do criminal activities. And so because they're not aware of what's going on, they're not paying any attention, that means they can't see the dukkha. And if they can't see the dukkha, then they can't see any way out. All they see is the gratification from their criminality. They don't see the danger. And so for there, there's no escape. And if Donald Trump stays in office, maybe <laughs> their awareness will rise up to real danger level. <laughs> Yeah, at some some point it has to be. <laughs> at some point, people have got to wake up. <laughs> They've got to wake up to make some changes, okay? And and so in that regard, uh, I could see a great influx of new people in the Dama if Trump would stay in office. He was going to make things so bad that people are beginning to wake up. Yeah, and seek away old. Yeah. And, and so it doesn't really matter whether Biden or Trump wins. And if we have that idea, then we can say, wait a minute, if it doesn't win, then why was it so important to me? Why was I watching all of that news for all of that time? Why was I glued to it and counting every boat? You know, <laughs> it doesn't matter anyway. <laughs> the reason for it is because is we have been taught that it's important, that elections are important. Yeah. We've been taught that you've got to vote. We've been taught that... Very bad things will happen if you don't go vote. Well, guess what? All them very bad things are going to happen anyway, whether you vote or not. <laughs> the question is, can you be happy while you notice how bad things have gotten? Because of all of this voting going on. Yeah. And when yeah. you do that, we can say, hey, wait a minute, I don't really want anything to do with politics. Don't want to have anything to do with it, because everybody who's in politics is unhappy. Do you know one happy person in politics? No, they don't look very happy. <laughs> they don't look very happy, and occasionally they'll have some happiness, like, uh, for instance, Arizona goes up, yay, Arizona goes down, ah! Arizona <laughs> goes up, yay, Arizona goes down, ah! <laughs> Why? Because I am Arizona. That's the politics of it. So when Arizona goes up, and by the way, it, we haven't even noticed which candidate it is that's going up. It's just that when one goes up, so half the time uh, people are going yay, and half the time the people are going ah, and everybody's going through that cycle of yay, ah, yay, ah. <laughs> restlessness of the yeah. mind and nobody can see that cycle they, they, they don't see the cycle if they can see the cycle then they could take joy in not joining that cycle of up and down up and down we don't identify anymore 
we don't identify, we don't have the banner, then it doesn't matter what happens to the banner. The banner in the sense of the red banner or the blue banner or whatever. We throw up the white flag. I surrender. <laughs> I'm out of here. <laughs> Funny because people told me like a lot of times that I'm ignorant and that I should care more for this and that. And yeah, but looking at like at, the, at it from this perspective, like, yeah, but you're way don't, happier if you don't care. <laughs> don't let that stuff rub off on you. <laughs> That's the thing about culture. Yeah, those people, why don't you care? Why don't you care? Why don't you care? I look how much I care. Look how much I suffer, they don't say, but basically they're saying, if you cared as much as I do, you'd feel like I do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but then the two of us can feel bad enough that something will happen. Guess what? Happen because of people's feelings. There's a really important idea about suffering in, uh, in Western mentality, and that is, is that if you suffer and endure, then you will get a reward for it. It's almost like suffering itself is a good behavior that gives a good result. Yeah. Yeah, forbearance or a tolerance. Yeah, exactly. Like you have to you have to endure this, and then life will be like really good when you endure this. Like when you do your college, and it really sucks, and you hate learning. But when you got it, whoo, everything. <laughs> but nobody's saying the kid, "Hey, man, go enjoy college." And all the kids are out there enjoying it, but they don't know how, and so they wind up making drunk. <laughs> they're just drunk for four years, thinking that that's a, a good college education, where in fact they could actually go in and really enjoy it. Because I, I could see that <clears throat> in computer science. The mm. guys around my crowd who actually got our hands on the computer were much more enthusiastic about it than the students who had to submit their cards to someone at the counter, and they never saw the computer except behind glass. Yeah. Okay. But when you can get in there and with the machine itself and play with it at night, that's, you know, and so that's what happens in all universities. There's going to be some students that are really into it. And because of that, they get access to it. Yeah. And, and when the students are there because they're supposed to be there, because they're supposed to get a good college education, because they'll, they'll get a good job eventually if they get a good college education, they wind up not getting much of an education at all. Because of the real education came with the enthusiasm. Yeah. Of course, because you had fun. Because you had fun. <laughs> ah, but the culture says you're not supposed to have fun. You're supposed to do your job. And so now you've got all of those old tapes about you should do this and you should do that and you've got to do your job. And so now be on guard for that. But those are junk thoughts, plans, things to do. Yeah. Miles the old... to go before you sleep. Yeah. One thing that, that kind of bothers me is the things to do with the thought we talked about like 10 minutes ago with this plan, like maybe like throwing a tear and cutting the bread. Like, this sometimes keeps me awake as well, obviously. 
the, the question though are are these enjoyable thoughts uh most of the time not because it's still a fight between what i have here and and seeing that it's like i i have it but that's I, going to I, be hard to get the enthusiasm for if you still are stuck in stuck at that yeah. level of it so now a new thing to look for is that go see that and recognize and wait a minute i don't have to I, I can sit here and lay in bed and just dream all i want about trees and monkeys and spiders and monks walking around in robes with big smiles on their faces <laughs> and it's okay to have those thoughts just like it's okay to watch a youtube movie and really enjoy it yeah. instead of having that critical parent say okay you're watching that video but you could be meditating i've heard that before <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and you can see now it's exactly the same thing. Yeah, it always comes down to this. <laughs> <laughs> always the same thing. And that is, are we going to see the wholesome thoughts as wholesome and enjoy them? Or are we going to see them as unwholesome and say, wait a minute, out you go. Let's have some wholesome here. We do not need funeral music. Let's have a party. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, this clarified some some doubt, especially the part about like planning, cutting the bread or whatever you want to call it and mm -hmm. oh yeah, finding the right place to 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 cut loose. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, to make make plans. Oh, I've got to do this and I've got to do that. I've got to find a place to, uh, one of the things that you need to think about is the one backpack that you're going to take with Asia, take to Asia. Yeah, but I, I heard or I saw this like in Portugal as well, in Italy, in, in the UK. So maybe it doesn't have to be Asia in the sense. Okay. Of I don't care. What I'm talking about is think about what you're going to bring. In the sense of, uh, this, the story is, is that when I traveled around Asia, I had a backpack that got emptier and emptier and emptier. The more I moved, the less I carried along with me when I left. And so you're just doing it the first time. And so rather than, <laughs> when Greg came, we, it took us two motorcycles to bring all the stuff that he had brought with him. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I'm a bit more minimalistic like that. I, okay. I have my, my pants and right. my... <laughs> right. Three big bags that he, that he had. A, you know, they're talking about one, a, ba a smaller backpack in front. No, the, the, the bigger, it was big. The smallest one was really big. I could hardly get my hands on the handlebars, okay? <laughs> and that's the way that we plan, right? We need to bring everything we need, right? Make sure that that's all you bring is the things you need, and you mm -hmm. can get that down to one bag. Now, what are you going to do with everything else? Throw it out. <laughs> oh, you got friends. Get yeah. away. Find some <laughs> friends that, you know, like, uh, oh, please wear this shirt from time to time to remember me by, you know, and here's, here's this old shirt. <laughs> please take it. Yeah, so you can give your stuff away. 
and enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. Recognizing that, no, you don't have to cling to things much anymore. That you can become non-material. Yeah, it's not the things. Like, it really almost never had been the things. It's more like the people's the ideas and all this that I cling to. And I, I clearly see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, that's the way to do it, is, is that um, uh, you kind of put it off in advance of someday I'm going to go but we can go ahead and practice the four requisites now so that we can bring our living expenses down to the level that I expect to have when I'm in it, uh, wherever I go, Asia mm. or uh, Plum Village. I don't care where you go. Yeah. I don't even care if you do go, but you've <laughs> got this question and I'm doing what I can to give yeah. you what you need to figure out what you're going to do. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so that's the way to do it is, is that you you begin to plan on bringing things down to basics. Mm-hmm. Get yourself out of debt. Don't leave with debt. A mortgage or a car loan or anything like that. Mm-hmm. If you owe money on that car, sell it and get, get yourself out of debt. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, so everything that could pull me back. Anything that can pull you back. Mm-hmm. That in fact... Uh, for the actual ordination, that's one of them. That we uh, that for a young man or anyone to be ordained, they have to be free from debt. Now, the practical reason for that is, is that you can see where if you join an organization like that, and you and that person owed money, then guess what? The creditors are going to come to the to, the, to your boss and say, okay, if he's not going to pay, he's in your club. You pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes okay, sense. so that's how that, that got started. So you have to be free from debt, and you have to also be uh, having permission from your family. Now, you don't actually need that, but if you ordain, if you become a monk, you'll have to have a letter so that, because they're, they're strict with this. They're really strict. The Buddha was strict okay. with this. <laughs> okay. You know, got to have mom's permission. Okay, interesting. <laughs> that could be a problem. <laughs> Not this year's problem, though. Yeah. <laughs> Therefore, out of sight. You don't even have to think about it until after you've already bought your robes, and now you're saying, "Well, how am I going <laughs> to? How am I going to break this to mom?" <laughs> <laughs> so that's off in the future. Right now, what we need to do is to get ready for it. To bring down to the to the basic requisites. Mm-hmm. To get out of debt and to um, get our medical situation straightened out, uh, get ourselves healthy and ready for travel. Okay. And have a bit of money and, and uh, be ready for it because this coronavirus is going to be over soon. Yeah. And maybe like a really Whatever dumb question. <laughs> yeah, maybe a dumb question, but is there any reference point, for example, like... If you go to Thailand and decide on this, like money-wise, is there a point where people say, yeah, this is enough, and then you don't have to care about anymore? You know what I mean? Like, like The a longer you stay in Thailand, the cheaper it is to live. Okay. I could live in a hotel and eat restaurant food 
and survive at that level at about three thousand baht a month or a hundred dollars a month. Yeah, that's well. <laughs> yeah, that's that's doable. You move in at fifteen dollars a night, but after you're there for a while, the the, the rent comes way down, <laughs> down to seven or eight dollars a night, okay. U.S. And so, yeah. And and but you're not even expecting to live like that. That if you're going to live, you want to live in one of the places that I know about, Deep Rwan or uh, Dom Kim, Watsuanmok. Um, there's a place all over the place. Yeah, um, that's what I meant. Like, in, I think I read Suanmok or some like one of these pages, and they said like due to visa and all the stuff, you need a certain amount of money before you ordain or something like that because you have to go to Malaysia and then get your visa refreshed and all this. So I was just about to come to that, right. Okay. Uh, it depends upon where you are in Thailand. If you were in northeast Thailand, then you would go to Viet Nhien in Laos. Mm -hmm. If you're on the, uh, uh, the far east side, then you would go to Phnom Penh in Cambodia. If you're in this neighborhood, then we would either go to Burma, Riong, the, the If you look at the map, you'll find out that the, the very narrow peninsula that is Thailand is actually Burma down to a river, which is only about 100 kilometers from here, more or less. Okay. So we can go over to Burma or we can go to um, Penang in Malaysia to get the visas. Okay. Not expensive, okay. about a hundred dollars or so for the visa run, and then okay. in fact, uh, uh, we can get companies to do that here. But as you get involved, it becomes easier. We're talking about in the beginning, that's how you'll do it, but then you'll either get into the uh, the visa runs. Another way that it can be done is with a re um, uh, an educational visa. Mm -hmm. Educational visas are good for a year and can be renewed. And you need certain equipment to get that uh, educational visa. And you can check all of that out when you get here. Because I got several friends that are, in fact, um, Brenda just moved off a long term educational visa that she'd been on for about 20 years. And now she's on a retirement visa. <laughs> <laughs> So okay. yeah, there'll be some money. Okay. But if but if <clears throat> if you're planning on getting a stash of um, let us say fifty or a hundred thousand euros, then that's going to be enough money for years. Okay. Okay, good. For the visas, and as I said, visas get easier to do over mm. time. But in the beginning, yeah, you'll need to come in. In fact, uh, Tainan just got a new visa that's good for three renewals of 90 days or th uh, three 90-day uh, visas stacked together, which gives people nine months. So they've already got a nine-month visa that they've just opened. Oh, cool. Okay. So there's now beginning to open it up. We, we have now gone from 350 cases to about 800 cases. 
and okay. uh, of the of the increase, no one has died. So there's still about 56. So mm-hmm. Thailand is in a very unique place because they're very careful about most of the airports, in fact, are closed. But they're beginning to open back up just a little bit. But anybody who comes in, that's why they have this new visa is because you have to go into quarantine for 14 days. Everybody has to go into quarantine for 14 days. Uh, at, by the way, the swanky hotel of your choice <laughs> on the list that they have. That in fact, we just found out that on the other island that they've got people in quarantine who did test positive. One guy okay. has tested positive. So that's right for the Thai government to do that, is to put everybody in quarantine. Sure. Okay. So this is going to last for a while. Things are getting bad again in Europe. Yeah, like we are in lockdown as well. Things are really bad in the U.S. and going to get a whole lot worse. (laughs) Yeah. But the Thai government is very careful about it, and that's part of the reason why uh, it's going to be very hard for you to get back into Thailand until... I think that they, of the people that they're letting in, they're only letting in Chinese, and they have to be from a certain area of China in order to get in, the non-affected areas of China. They've actually had people come from Burma that they have sent back to Burma. But Burma seems to have a whole lot more cases than Thailand does because the Thai government was very careful about it, where the Burmese government, because they didn't have much immigration or uh, tourism, they didn't much didn't much to do and okay. they're also got an open border with Yuan province and so uh, we don't really know nobody's got any information about what's going on in Burma but the indication is they got a problem okay that Thailand does not have and so they're very careful about allowing Burmese to come in so anyway that's basically what's happening at uh, at the coronavirus level but it'll be over someday yeah, exactly. Um, especially until the point where I get, I think things will be better anyway. You know, mm-hmm. the point where I could break loose or whatever. All right. Yeah. So, so. get get your four requisites together. <laughs> yeah, I will do that. And, uh, uh, and prepare and get yourself a nest egg. Yeah. And come <laughs> on by. Because there's a lot of places to visit here. Nice. One thing maybe, um, could we not upload this to YouTube? This one? Okay. Please. Yeah, because I, I don't want, like, maybe someone I know to see it, to know about the plans I do right now. Uh, we can take it, uh, take your image off so that mm. nobody knows who it is. It's an anonymous. We've already got a few anonymous. Yeah, then please, this one anonymous. Um, yeah. Okay. okay. Cool. Take your face right off of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we'll see you later. Yeah. Thank you very much. Bye. All righty. Enjoy yourself. <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs>